Welcome to Baron Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, another week, another loss for the Chicago Bears, this time against the Buffalo Bills. How did you take in this Christmas Eve game? Such a strange game because I, I, when I went back and, and rewatched, the Bears lost 35 to 13, right? So I went back and rewatched it. I, I, I didn't realize the Bears were in this game up until like the last seven minutes in the game. It was an eight point game. And I'm like, I don't remember being this close, you know, but, you know, it was a holiday game. It was kind of strange. The whole thing uh, was a little early. Uh, so, you know, they were right there. I mean, the, the Bears, again, you know, they, they played the, the Eagles tough last week, they played the Bills pretty much tough this last game and there's no one on this roster. It's a, it's a bad roster and they were missing both starting guards. They're missing receivers. Again, Justin field did what he could do, but talent wins out at the end of the day. And the bears just didn't have the talent to, uh, to, to get a win. Yeah. They're missing like all of the guys, right? We'll get into that <laughs> at, least at some point, but it's like, it's really hard to find things that, that you, you feel really good about um, in terms of in terms of this roster construction right now because so many guys are getting thrown on IR and it's, it's a lost season and you know there's probably a little bit of that where it's like you know what we'll put you on IR you know but let's let's get you healthy for next year there's probably a little bit of that going on as well but uh, overall you're you're seeing a lot of bottom of the depth chart type guys getting significant snaps you know that's tough but that's tough for any football team and it's definitely a tough for a team that that was a pretty talent poor to begin with so interesting interesting year um let's let's just jump into this uh show with our categories portillo's trench tribute of course uh every week we have a hundred dollar gift card that we're giving away for the portillo's trench tribute get us your player of the week wherever you get your bear and balance 2ndcitygridiron at gmail.com if you prefer to send it an email uh, hit us up on the Twitter, hit us up on the YouTube, hit us up on the Facebook, hit us up on the website, wherever you get it. Tell us your player of the week. We'll put you in the drawing. Lester will ask me for a random number. We will get that sent out to you. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we got an, had another one. TJ, I believe, won last week. And I still We're haven't all caught up. I haven't sent it out yet. So oh, you I'm haven't not caught up. Okay. But I will not be, caught up. It'll be out tomorrow. Um, okay. It'll be out tomorrow. You know, the, I couldn't get it before I left for Christmas. So. Anyway, it, it'll be it'll be in the mail tomorrow. Uh, but let's let's talk about trench tribute. So I have a cheeky answer. So why don't you go first? OK, uh, I'm going to go with Braxton Jones. You know, I, okay. I watched the game. He 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 did, he did give up the sack. I will say that in the top here because I know we got some people saying, oh, Braxton Jones sucks. He gave up a sack. But such is life in the trenches. You play a pretty good game most of the game. You make one mistake, and that's what fans remember. But but overall, Braxton Jones is pretty good. I actually went back and graded his game. Um, you know, me plus minus, you know, no style points. Do your job, don't do your job. I had him with a negative seven, so that worked out to an 88.3% grade. And he was working with no Cody Whitehair next to him. Larry Borum was thrown into the mix. And the Bears decided to rotate Dieter Iceland and Larry Borum at that guard spot. So Jack Braxton Jones is working with a couple new faces there. And I thought he did pretty good. You know, they handled a couple stunts pretty well during the game. Um, Braxton Jones talked to the media today and, you know, he addressed some of his, his inconsistencies this season. He's a very self-aware football player, very smart football player. And then, which is, that goes in hand in hand with offensive linemen. So sure. uh, I like Braxton Jones. I, I'm a fan of his. I like what he has to offer. 
I think he can be this this left tackle for, for the Bears going forward here. He has a nice offseason of work on what he has to. And I think going forward, I, I think if, if the draft falls a certain way, you take the guy, if he's a left tackle, so be it. But I would have no problem if the Bears go into next year with Braxton Jones as their starting left tackle. I That was my original pick. I was going to kind of holster it for a little while because I've got some other stuff coming up. But this might be obvious, but... <laughs> Braxton Jones is the only offensive lineman to take every offensive snap this year. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. See, and maybe when you stop and think, like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. But yeah. I went back. I did some stuff with the offensive line. It'll come up here in a little bit. But um, one thing that that jumped out was uh, left tackle spot was Braxton Jones every snap, uh, every game. That's pretty impressive for a guy making the jump that he is. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's made every start he's available and, you know, he's, he's played every play. He, uh, he hasn't had to come out for injury or, you know, miss the end of a game or anything like that. He's, he's playing every snap. So, uh, it's a pretty impressive rookie season for him. And like you said, if he comes in next year, you know, you assume that there's going to be a little growth between season one and season two, nothing wrong with that. Like that's a good football player. Um, and, uh, let's, let's see if he can get more consistency in his game, be asked to do a little more, right? I think they do try to hide him a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's see if he can get more responsibility put on his plate as as he gets into his second year or third year and see if he can grow into somebody they can count on to to take assignments by himself and and be somebody that uh, just kind of sits out there on the island. That'll take time. Yeah, but he, he's yeah. a rookie making the jump. He's been available. He's played every, every snap. That's really impressive. That in and of itself is impressive. Uh, my cheeky answer... It's uh, my, my trench tribute is Jaquan Brisker. He leads the team in sacks. Lester yeah. got another one sack number four. Uh, at this point, he's going to finish the year with the most sacks on the Bears football team. I don't know if that has ever happened. I did not have time to go back and look at every year since 1982. I'm going to assume that there has not been a defensive back that has led the team in sacks. Uh, you know, since the sack became an official statistic, statistic. Wow, I can't even say that word tonight. Um, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I don't care if it's only four. Yeah. It's just pretty impressive that he's able to. Th- th- this 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 Bears def- def- uh, defensive line and just defense in general cannot create pressure. He can. Like it's 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 one of the only players that's been successful in doing that. And I would think per sack per rush attempt, it's probably pretty high. Right. Like, I mean, he doesn't come in all the time, so he's getting home like pretty regularly. So I'm again, a little cheeky, but I'm, I'm going brisker with my trench tribute this week. I was curious how you're going to take this and uh, you did not disappoint. Yeah. Brisker is a good pick here. You know, he, he's getting after the quarterback. I mean, he's he, like you said, four of them. Um, I know the Bears had some nice guys that they would blitz, you know, back in the day, back in the 80s. They had a few guys, but of course they also had Dan. So, you know, no one back then was was leading the league or leading the team in, in sacks. That's a good one for the stat head to make sure you make sure you check that when the season's over, if he does indeed end up leading the Bears in sacks, which seems like he will. And and real quick about the sack, it was that it was a zero yard sack. And I tweeted about it. I hate the yeah. zero yard sack when it's affecting yeah. my, me and my work on sack watch, but when it benefits the Bears. Sure. Like, I'll take that zero yard sack. That's good yeah. for the stat line. But uh, yeah, it was a good pick. Uh, Brisker's, uh, I like the way the Bears still, all year they've been moving him around. Uh, yeah. Safety, he's playing, you know, nickel up as a nickel, up as as outside boundary corner as well. He's all over the field. And it's just, you know, I think the Bears secondary is in a good place uh, moving into the next season. 
Yeah, it, I said it very early. I think after camp or at least in the preseason, I was like, this guy's going to be a lot of people's favorite player pretty soon. Yeah. And and I think he's showing you why. He's really versatile and he's fun and, you know, he, he's going to be all over the field. Um, I like him. I mean, I, I think he's he looks like he's going to be a good player for the Bears for a while. Yeah, so for sure. Let's move on to Twitter. Tweet of the week. Uh, looks like I'm going to start off this one since I have the tweet loaded up first on our YouTube good. here. Uh, this is from our friend Matt Bowen. He's at Matt Bowen 41. Uh, says Bears Kyler Gordon. This, he, he retweeted a video, but um, uh, Bears Kyler Gordon in cover three on the interception. Um, there's no threat in his zone, which means he uh, gains depth and looks for work finds the deep crosser. So Matt Bowen, former defensive back, former Iowa Hawkeye, but you know, he's also a really good analyst, former defensive back. He really understands this stuff in a way that I certainly don't. I don't, <clears throat> I don't really understand defensive back play unless somebody like Matt Bowen explains it to me. Um, I, I'm consistently like, I'm not sure I know what happened happening here. Please somebody that played this, like tell me what happened here. Uh, and so I think you actually tweeted out something about this. Like, did he see something on film or what was this? Um, but so on the interception, Gordon doesn't have anything happening in his zone. And so as opposed to just kind of taking himself out of the play and covering grass, he decides that he is going to drop back and gain depth. And he's going to try to look for something. So he finds this deep crosser coming across uh, the field. He, ha he gains enough depth, he's very athletic, and he's able to get into the passing lane and make a play on the ball, and he gets another interception. This guy is <laughs> incredibly talented. People were get Let me reset. People stop giving up on rookies, particularly yes. rookie defensive backs. We've been trying to tell you, like, stop doing that. Like, it's a, it's a really hard position to learn, and, and you're seeing this improvement. He's getting more reps. He's getting used to the speed of the game, whatever. Things are slowing down for him, whatever you want to say. But he's he, you can see his improvement throughout the year, and this is why you take a corner as high as you do because these guys are really tough to find. And when you, when you can get them to play at a high level, they are incredibly valuable to your football team. So Kyler Gordon, man, like he he's he's starting to show why he was the first pick in this regime, and it's it's this these you know playing sound fundamental football and being able to have that athleticism to make Josh Allen, who's a, again an MVP candidate, pay. That's a turnover. At, yeah, he caught that ball falling into the end zone, right? I mean, that he, they are in scoring range here. So uh, again, big play by by Gordon uh, that Matt Bowen called out, and I wanted to highlight that here. That was a really nice play by him. You know, he just it just shows his awareness. It shows how much he's growing as a football player. I mean, coming out, he was known for his football IQ. But again, it's a different game, NFL, NCAA. You know, he has to learn things differently. That you mentioned the speed of the game. You know, it's it's something that, you know, as fans, a lot of time we take for granted, like, oh, what's the big deal? But Things just happen quicker. Things happen differently. So him seeing this, him getting used to this, you know, there was some a stretch where, where some fans were calling him a bust, and it's like, what are we doing here? It's it's a, it's a it's a rookie second round draft pick being asked to play, you know, outside corner and the nickel. The nickel is very important in this in this scheme. You know, they're putting a lot on this kid's plate, and, and we we kind of see him flash at times, but you know, it, he's still not consistent. But he's getting there, and, and along with him and with Brisker, you know, this the secondary's in it. And like I said, again, a really good place going forward. You'll have Eddie Jackson. He'll be back next season. You know, he tweeted about how he does not have to have surgery on, on his injury, which is good for him. You know, this secondary, you know, Jalen Johnson, you know, you, you've got four 
good football players. And if they can ever figure out the pass rush, you know, which is going to be probably addressed early and often in free agency and the draft, this defense can make a quick turnaround next season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you are highlighting our our good young friend Jacob Infante. This That's our guy, lead draft analyst at Windy City Gridiron. Jacob Infante is, of course, at Jacob Infante twenty four. He tweeted out, "I don't think the Bears will magically become Super Bowl contenders in twenty twenty three. I'd be shocked if anyone actually thinks that. But they played good teams close to the bad roster, found their quarterback, and have lots of money to spend. If you don't see a path to improvement, I don't know what to tell you. And this is a shot. I'm guessing at some of the the negative spins a few people in the Chicago media are trying to put on his team. We all know what this team is. It's a bad roster. But like Jacob says, they found out that who they have a quarterback. You know, Justin Fields is the guy. Yeah, his passing numbers aren't aren't exciting and sexy, but this is this is the NFL today. You know, he he's finding a way to get things done. Yeah, their their points scored, they're far removed from that stretch where they had putting up a ton of points but they're hanging with the bills. They're hanging with the Eagles. You know, this team does not quit. Yes. A lot of guys in this roster will be be gone in the off season, you know? So the whole learn to win narrative that, you know, some people are trying, you know, they have to learn this. Why 25, 26 guys are going to be gone next year. Okay. So uh, this, this guy who's going to be on a practice squad next year for, for some other team is learning to win. Who cares? They'll learn to win when it's time to win. It'll be time to win when they have the talent. And that's going to happen in the offseason, hopefully. Yeah, it's just we're a little too early for that learn to win conversation, right? Like that. Yeah. That's that's a that's a kind of a it's something that you the Chargers, the Chargers are a good team of like you need to learn how to win football games, right? They yeah. got all this talent. They sign all this talent. They're trying to put things together. They were trying to push the chips into the middle of the table this year. They're trying to take down the Chiefs, right? And like there's a stretch there where it looked like the Chargers are just going to flat out miss the playoffs because they did not know how to close out football games. And that's a big deal because they were, as a franchise, positioning themselves to try to make a run. Now, yeah. it looks like they're going to make the playoffs. You know, we'll see what happens once they get there. But that that's the kind of team looks like, hey, this team needs to learn how to win. Right. The Bills a couple of years ago. Right. Like they had all this talent, but they weren't really closing out games. They were losing them late. They need to learn how to win. That's not what this team is. You stop moving the goalposts on this team. We knew what this was coming in. Like we we set our goals. We met them. You don't get to skip ahead to the next year's goals. That's not how it works, man. So it is what it is. Let it play out. Um, but yes, I think that's uh, a good point by Jacob and something we've been trying to say here as well. Uh, let's move on to caught up in a numbers game, our stat of the week. So this is uh, coming back to what I referenced earlier. So I want to actually ask you what your guess is for the number of offensive line starting combinations the Bears have thrown out there. Oh, wow. Uh, there's, you know, 15 games in the books. How many different starting offensive line combinations? Not this play, this, Rotating, you know, yeah. Dieter Iceland came in, right? Like, no, starters. The guy that gets credited for the start. How many you got? Um, Five-ish, maybe? Okay. I guess. Am I close? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Eight. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not good. It's not. And here, <laughs> and here's the other thing is, I don't think that what Ryan Poles envisioned as his starting five ever got out there. No. Let me run through them real quick. Left from left to right. 
Jones, Whitehair, Mustafer, Jenkins, Borum. That was game one. Okay. Call that combination A. Uh, combination B, Jones, Whitehair, Mustafer, Patrick, Borum. Remember that bad week of practice or that Jesus. good week of practice from, from, from Patrick. That was, that was two games. Game four, you had uh, uh, Whitehair get hurt for the first time. Okay. So game five, your third starting combination is Jones, Patrick, Mustafer, Jenkins, Borum. Uh, and then that was two games of that. And then your next combination, your fourth combination, Jones, Schofield, Patrick, Schofield. Jenkins, Borum. That was where you got your center where you wanted him to. Yeah. Lasted 10 plays. Okay. Uh, then you go to Jones, Schofield, Mustafer, Jenkins, Reef. Um, that lasted one game. <laughs> then you go Jones, Whitehair, Mustafer, Jenkins, Reef. Okay. So you get Whitehair back. That, that's that's the difference in that one. Then you lose Jenkins. So the next week is Jones, Whitehair, Mustafer, Schofield, Reef. That's for two games. Jones, Whitehair, Mustafer, Jenkins, Reef is the next one. So that's Whitehair back, um, but Reef at right tackle and Jenkins back. <laughs> and then you get this last one, which is Jones, Borum, Mustafer, Schofield, Reef. Then you had uh, Dieter Iceland uh, mixing in to both. He mixed in with uh, at right yeah. tackle, at uh, right guard as well. What the hell? <laughs> as a couple of line guys, we, we talk about all the time. You want to have consistency. You want to have your same five guys. They learn. They grow with each other. You understand when the pass offs come and you understand the leverage. You understand the double teams. You go and understand when you leave and go to the next level. That's hard. That's tough to do if you're not playing with the same guys. And yeah, injuries happen. You know, it's, it's going to happen a lot, but that's rough. Eight, eight different combinations. That is, uh, and 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 fans wonder why is the pass pro leaky? Why is I'm the glad you guessed leaky? five. I'm glad you guessed five because I was, you know, it when I started thinking about it, I was like, I don't know. I have to find out the answer. And in my mind, I thought I think it might be up to six now. Hmm. So we were kind of in the same category. But if you think about it, I mean, you know, you know, Whitehair's missed, you know, he's had two stints now. Mustafer, you know, was never intended to be the starting center. Like that was that was absolutely like he was. I guarantee you, he was going to be your starting guard at one point. Polls believed he was going to cut him. I think that I, 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 I would put money so. down that he yeah. thought he's not going to make the team, and and he's taken all but ten snaps at center this year. Or well, actually, I think didn't somebody take a did somebody take a? Uh, Dieter Eastland took three snaps from Mustafer. Yeah. Uh, you know, in in, in game eight. Anyway, like, okay, so he's taken everything, everything but 11, uh, 13 snaps this year. So, I, you know, it, and where's Jatir Carter? Can we get him in a ball game? I'd, I'd like to see him take his three snaps. Everybody else gets a snap. I mean, like, again, I'm good for one. You might be good for two, yeah. you know, if we want to get out there. Um, you probably don't have the shoulders to hold up at this point. But it's that's a lot of offensive line combination, right? And and even this whole platoon thing, I don't really understand it. But if you're trying to get, you know, you got Alex Leatherwood, he's gotten some reps and things like that. You're trying to get guys a look, but you're not, you don't want them to play the whole game. I mean, I guess I get that, but it's really hard for the continuity. And you got a young quarterback back there and he's taking a lot of heat, um, you know, but he's getting pressured all the time and he's getting happy feet at times. So uh, that's, that's a big number. Eight offensive line starting combinations is a really big number. We'll see if that grows in the last two games, too, or if they're going to stick with this combination going forward. It might grow. I mean, they, they did talk about how they don't anticipate no one going on IR this week, you know, but 
you know, there was a report last week that Cody Whitehurst's injury is, is significant enough where it's going to miss some time. We saw him miss this last week. I, I think once Whitehurst showing enough that we can get back out there, they'll, they'll throw him out there because they know he's their best option, even though he had a really rough game um, against the Eagles. But, wow, oh, eight. That's an eight. interesting number because that is that is my number of the week this, this oh. week as well. So it's uh, interesting how that works out. But mine is more because it is only eight points separate the league's worst defense and points allowed, which is the Lions, from the Bears. The Bears uh, have, have allowed 393. The Lions have allowed 401. The Cardinals are kind of in that same uh, boat of suck. Now they've allowed 391. Uh, two games left. The Bears have never been the worst points allowed defense in the history of the of the, of the franchise. Really? They're close to that. Yeah. Uh, the Lions are going to put some points on them. Right. So if the, if the Bears can't hang, you know, we could end up seeing some history made here if the Bears are the 32nd rank points allowed team in the uh, NFL this uh, this season. Well, I'm taking a look right now, and it looks like the early lines, the Bears-Lions over-under is 51.5, yeah. which is the biggest over-under line of the week. So yep. uh, the book clearly sees what you're seeing and that there's going to be points to be had in Detroit by these two football teams. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to not have that designation, <laughs> right? Like that, that would be nice to, to avoid giving up the most points in the league, but and that's that's a nice little stat too that they haven't done that. I mean, they've been around for a hundred and two years. I mean, that's a, it's a lot of football. Uh, that's a lot of seasons. But you know, I will say this: the Super Bowl era. When I went through the, oh, the numbers, God. well, oh. well, look, well, look. Here's the thing: is there were some strange NFL seasons way, 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 way back in the day. True. So maybe if they rank twelfth, maybe there are only twelve teams. I I just went kind of through the numbers, a quick glance. I'm guessing they never did, and I and I know that uh, after when the show ends, you're going to probably go check those numbers. But I'm, I'm pretty sure never have they done it in the uh, history of the NFL. It's if nothing else, it's a good off-season project because you know I, I'm I feel like I I enjoyed putting together I put together a little visual last week. If for those of you that didn't see it, I put together a little little visual of uh, <laughs> the Cairo Santos PAT flight path and trying to break down and diagnose exactly what was happening with the, with the Bears kicker on just PATs because he's fine on field goals, right? Uh, and you know I think we kind of figured it out. I think we had a good conversation about it, and and he figured it out, right? Like it, that he was did. this was just this like moment in time where I was like, I think he needs to change his approach, and then he did. Again, maybe maybe Cairo follows me. I'm not sure, but it uh, I, I I got that bug again where I'm like I want to do more of these. I need to I need to kind of take some, but it's just it's hard to prioritize that when you got a lot of other stuff going on. Off season's a good time to kind of get back into taking some stats and trying to break them down. So so that might be something I kind of look into and and chart. Hopefully not for a last place, but it's, it, that that kind of stuff's pretty interesting. Let's let's move on to the fields report. It's actually a pretty disappointing report this week, or a little yeah. kind of a boring report this week. Uh, he's 15 of 23 for 119 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, took two sacks. Uh, he carried the ball seven times for 11 yards, which is yeah. like, yikes. Here's the thing. The Bills are a really good football team. We, you know, that's, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. And yes, everybody wants to talk about Josh Allen. They want to talk about Stefan Diggs. They should. They're really good football players. They have really good 
the offensive line. They've got a really good defensive line. They've got a really good secondary. This team does not give up points. Like they, they uh, are second in the league in points allowed. They are really good. And that's really tough to do when you have an explosive offense, right? Because teams are trying, you know, garbage points late and all that kind of stuff. No, this team doesn't give them up. They are a really good, solid defense. They're fundamentally sound. They're well coached. In a lot of ways, they are what the Bears want to get to. They want to emulate. Um, I'm I'm not surprised. <clears throat> I'm not surprised that these numbers aren't very good. Um, they're just there's not much to talk about. Yeah. And and it's and unfortunately you didn't even get the rushing aspect of this. And it's almost like, what do you do? I was hoping for more rushing yards, um, but. Like you said, the Bills are a, a fast defense. They have a lot of talent over there. They just kind of sit back and, you know, you don't have to really – honestly, the the number one receiver for the Bears this week is Byron Pringle and, and Dante Pettis. Those are your two top guys, so you don't kind of spend a lot of attention, you know, covering them. So you can kind of sit back in your zones, keep a, an eye on Justin Fields, and just kind of, you know, let let the game come to them, and that's what they did. And they, uh, they shut down the run game of the Bears and Justin Fields, and – and of course, like I said, he's throwing to Pettis and and, uh, and Pringle. You know, Bayless Jones got some action, which is nice to see, but talent's not there. You know, what is Justin Fields supposed to do when he's got, you know, a, a patchwork O line in front of him? You know, pressure's leaky every now and again. There's no one there. He had a, a Cole Komet drop. He had a Pettis drop. Yeah, you know, it's rough. You know, I mean, these 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 guys on offense have to be perfect to move the ball. That's not that's not realistic. No, and like you said, he had at least two drops. You know, so those that completion percentage probably should look a little better. But even then, like again, there's not much there. But the Bills have been doing this to every quarterback this year. Yep. Like this is not the only team that. They, oh, all of a sudden they shut down. It was like, uh, you know, like you said, the the Cardinals defense has been terrible. If you didn't know that and you watched last night and all you knew was like Tom, like a lot of people are probably watching their first you know, some of their first football last night, you know, Christmas night game, right. Whatever you've got Tom, the great Tom yeah. Brady. Right. And he can't do anything against this Cardinals defense. I was like, yeah, the Cardinals are terrible. Like what, what's happening here. They can't do anything because they're not very good. And it, that's not this, that's not the bills. The bills have been doing this all year. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to just sort of like, let's just move on from this. You know, it is what it is. The only thing that I'll, I'll say is, I would have liked to have seen more rushing yards because that record would have been a little bit more achievable had you gotten a chunk out of there, even if it was like 50 yards or something like that. Uh, Going to have to take two pretty incredible uh, rushing performances by Justin Fields to end the year if he's able, to, if he wants to take that record. Uh, he's at 1,011 at this point. He needs to get to 1,206. So that's a, he needs to put up a big game against Detroit more than possible. And he needs to put up another yeah. big game against the, the Vikings, which to be honest, is more than possible. These two defenses are bad. Um, yeah, we can talk about the Vikings a little later, but they're in for, they're, they're they're cruising for these these Vikings fans, man, they are living they're life. Ready. I'm sure the Bears have had a year this year uh like that where they, they you know they went maybe it's like a 2000 and was it the 2001 season? 2000 the oh one season that the uh the, the Erlacher brown yeah. you know the, the the you know that that fun year 
where they just kind of kept pulling games out and it was just really fun and they got bounced in the first their first playoff game yeah i kind of feel like that's what the vikings are are in for here is they all because all their fans are really kind of peacocking around and you're like guys like this they don't think you're as strong as you think you are but it's good to have fun and enjoy your your that's fan, true but your, your team but it's at some point it's like you gotta be aware that we're really lucky as a fan base but it's okay you know they haven't had this in a while so let them let them have their time they lack self-awareness that is a good way to put it <laughs> all right let's uh let's take a quick break on the other side of this we will talk about everybody's favorite segment the three bears stick with us all right lesser three bears hot bowl of porridge cold bowl of porridge and just right um i already talked about it i'll just i'll just kick it off Kyler Gordon for me, um, yeah. I and it's just that one play. I, I think overall, I think he's starting to play. He's starting to look really good. He's, he's starting to play well. Um, you know, again, the flashes are starting to become more, you know, like series and consistent. Right, you're starting to see it a little bit more. But that play was next level, right? Like that's like a very mature play, um, and he shows off his athleticism. This is a guy that you should start getting excited about. You should start feeling pretty good about him. Um, I can't wait to see what he looks like with the full off season and what he's going to look like starting next year. But I, I, this, that, that moment was a really good moment for me to say, Kyler Gordon. Yep. That's, that's what, that's what we needed to see. That's good. That's good stuff. You know, picking off a guy like Josh Allen, that's good stuff. So uh, Kyler Gordon gets it for me. What about you? Yeah. I liked the way you put that a mature play from him. And that's what it was. It just uh, shows his, his maturity as a, as a football player. So for me, um, it, it, I'm going to go with the, Left guard position, which is the Borum Dieter Iceland rotation, which I was okay. expecting to be a train wreck. Larry Borman never played guard in, in the National Football League. I guess he he did a little bit of guard uh, at Missouri early on in his college career, but never in the NFL. Dieter Iceland has been mostly a practice squatter most of his career, mo- a career backup so far. I was expecting this to be just a dumpster fire. They were fine. You know, uh, Larry Barm had a hold early, so I'm like, oh, God, here we go. But he settled in. He was fine. Uh, the Dieter Iceland kind of came in. You mentioned he played a little bit for Schofield. When Schofield got hurt, Iceland went in there. And then uh, I didn't realize Iceland was in the game. You know, at, at some point, I noticed well, he's in the game for Borum. And then when I did a rewatch, I realized, oh, yeah, he, it was a, a thing. He's in there for most of the, the, the second half. So they rotated, and they said that was their plan all along. Again, rotating O-line is weird to me. I don't understand it, but it is – Oddly enough, worked for this regime. They're getting a look at Iceland. Maybe Iceland is, is showing enough to where they, they feel they're comfortable with him as a backup spot next season. I Like you said, Carter at the top. I want to see Jatir Carter get some reps if he's if he's worthy. Let's see him against some NFL competition. I think it's good to do. So rotating is weird, but for this week, hot bowl, Eastland, Dieter. Is it Eastland, Iceland, Dieter, Dieter? Very yeah, odd name. Dieter, Dieter Eastland Dieter is Eastland, how I would say it. Larry Bourne. Yeah. Those are my guys. You know, it's interesting because there's been a lot of people, I'll just slide, slide Borum into guard and he'll be fine. And it's like, what do you like about Larry Borum that tells you that he's going to be a good guard? Because I think that we, I think that a lot of people will just assume that you know, if you're not maybe the best tackle, you just slide into guard and you're all of a sudden a good guard like that. That Because guard is much easier than tackle. And as a former guard, I take a little offense. It's just yeah. a, it's a different skill set, right? They, the guys are on you quicker. You don't have to negotiate the space that you do in tackle. That's true. It's a little harder to find guys that can do that. Um, but 
it's a lot more leverage and it's a lot more strength. And, you know, if you watch that left guard spot, you watch Larry Borum, he'll get blown. He got blown off the ball a few times, right? A couple times. Yeah. He's that's not his, that's not what he does. Well, like if this was a hulking road grader, right? Tackle. And you, and you move him into right guard because he's not negotiating the space very well in pass pro that, that actually is an argument that I will accept. Oh yeah, that makes sense. You take, you take a big, strong guy that's, that's doing really well in the run game. Um, but he's not really pass blocking well, and you want to you want to move him into guard, and you want to see if you can develop him there. I buy that argument. You've got a guy in Borum who generally a little bit better in pass pro, not as good in in the run game. It's like the opposite of Braxton Jones. It's a weird thing for me to say, like, oh yeah, just put him in a guard because I'm not seeing the guard skills displayed as a tackle. And again, he they're running away from him, and he's getting blown off the ball. No big deal. But you see that. So we'll, we'll see if he continues to play guard, if he can play a little bit stronger with leverage and a little you know, a little bit more so he's not getting blown up. Because if they try to run to the left and he's getting blown up in the backfield, like his get his guy's going to make plays, he's going to disrupt those runs. And you want to run to the left because that's where Braxton Jones is. Mm-hmm. Braxton Jones is really good, you know, so <laughs> good at run blocking. So I, I, find, I, I need more. I need more information. Like either needs to be... If you think Borum's your your left guard, maybe they do. Maybe they kind of like that idea. Is there a different left tackle who's who's going to be a little bit stronger in pass pro than Braxton Jones? And Braxton Jones flips over to the right, where more traditionally you find the better run blockers, and then you get maybe get that mix going there. I'm just I'm very curious to see what happens. I mean, you don't necessarily want to pull a guy off who just start made every single start at left tackle, but those those two don't seem to match to me those seem like a, a mismatch pair of socks on the left side there we'll see I'm, I'm i'm curious to see what happens with that but you like you said there weren't a lot of negatives yeah and that and you were expecting it to be a disaster so uh makes sense but the more more evaluation to come on on those guys i'm sure flipping around which was a disaster cold bowl i don't know man i mean you're going against a really good football team like you know where do you want to go talents talents pretty poor i'm i'm just gonna put it on luke getsy i i I think that getsy has shown at times that he can be really creative he has shown at times that he can play to his players strengths that he he can set things up um he's shown that he has a very creative run game right like there are some really good things that i think you feel good about with luke getsy the offensive coordinator this was not one of those games. He felt like he was, what was he doing? Just trying to get out? Like, was he cold? But in the, uh, uh, you know, it was just like, it's too cold of a game for me. I'm just trying to like get out of here. Like, I don't understand what his run, run, pass, you know, approach. I thought we were done with that. I thought we were over that sort of thing. Uh, creativity was kind of out the window. I don't know if he just kind of looked at this Bills defense and was like, yeah, I got nothing. I, I got nothing here. So for me, I'm just I'm just calling out Getsy and, and saying he, he gets the cold bowl. Yeah, I had him written down in my notes too. He just was just a, a an awful second half. I mean, it's the first half was kind of what it was, but then as the game went on, you thought he would come out and do some a few different wrinkles. And if I never see another second and long run the rest of the season, I'll be fine with that. He seems to really go at it. I, I know Jacob tweeted something out about that. It's the second and eight runs, or they had a second and eight or longer. Uh, seven of eight times was runs in the second half. And then I saw he also tweeted a graph out where it was showed the the frequency of running uh, on those second and long times and the Bears lead the league in it. And part of it's the O-line. 
not trusting everything they want they want to do up front. Part of it is Justin Fields is an experience, but come on, man. Those second and long runs do nothing for your team. It's just uh it's it's like almost like you're waving the white flag at that point. Right. I don't like it. What do you have? Uh, I wanted to give this to the CBS network. Okay. I cannot stand the games as opposed to Fox or NFL Network. Just it's a far in, inferior product. Just the whole production value from the announcers to the the camera to the replay to the to the angle. You you get less of, of the field. I'm not expecting all 22 looks here, but it's bad. But but I, I'm going to go with a player. Uh, I'm going to go Khalil Herbert. Uh, first game back from injury, he had six runs for seven yards. He had two receptions for negative four yards. Uh, overall, eight touches for three yards. Not a good game from Herbert. Maybe they rushed them back, but you know they were talking about how how close he was even last week, which I think may have fooled Robert into thinking he was coming back a week early. But, <laughs> yeah, definitely fooled you know, Robert. <laughs> but, but the Bears were talking him up. Yeah, he's ready. Um, right. This whole last week, they talked about how his explosiveness is there, his cutting is there, his leaping ability is there. He is right where they expect him to be. It didn't look like it. Again, it's not all him. A lot of it's the, the blocking in front. But, you know, we saw him overcome that early in the season. He can overcome it here. Maybe the Bills were keying on him a little more because he is so explosive. He is averaging six yards or was averaging six yards a pop. But a uh, bad game overall for Khalil Herbert this week. Yeah, I'll accept that. Uh, you know, normally I say no Khalil Herbert slander, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say that's, that's okay. He does deserve it for that stat line. I actually do. I do agree with you with the CBS. I, I've noticed that, you know, I watch a lot of football games and the, the announcing crews, particularly, I think that you could take like the sixth Fox crew and you, and you say, where do they fit on CBS? They might be the second. Like, I mean, they, yeah. CBS is, is rough with the, the announcers. I don't know if they, they just don't have like good recruiting if they don't like, but yeah, if you're an AFC fan, I'm sorry. Like you got to watch a lot of badly announced, poorly announced games. Like that's, Plus that's the angles bad. of the, of the stuff. Yeah, they're they showing. don't have as many cameras. Good, they're yeah. not investing in the same amount of like, um, you know, the, the product just isn't being invested in like they are on the other channels. And, you know, I mean, give, give the Fox crews credit because they, they do a good job. But like the, I mean, the Amazon stuff's pretty cool. Like where you can watch the all 22 live. I I, I mean, I, the, all the stuff on the side, the stat stuff and this random nerd that kind of talks uh, at a Sam something, no offense to him, but like, I don't need to hear you talk. I don't know what, what that's all about, but I, I don't know. They can probably improve that part of part of the presentation, but the fact that they actually are just showing you the all 22, it's so refreshing and it's so nice, right? As, it, people don't like Joe Buck. I get it. Like he's, he, you know, he, people don't like certain, certain guys. They're good. Like they're, they're good at, at announcing yeah. games and, and they have the production value there. And then the Sunday night crew, people are off Collinsworth. I agree. He annoys me, but that is incredible production value. Like they do yeah. an incredible job. They, they, you know, so it, it really is a stark difference when the, the bears are over there and you're like, yeah, and they don't know anybody. Right. And I get it. You're not, they're not calling a lot of NFC games, but they don't know names. They butcher everything all the time. It's like, God, this is brutal. Uh, all right. Ar just, it was, it was Adam Archuleta this week. It was just, uh, I mean, at least yeah, he knows yeah. Hallis Hall, I guess. He, he was there. He was there for a hot minute. <laughs> uh, all right. Just right for me. I'm going to say Valus Jones. Um, ah, he, okay. he, you know, we, we, we've, we've taken our shots at Valus. Uh, 
he's single-handedly, I think, dropped a couple of games for the Bears with, with some of these fumbles. But he shows the juice in the kick return game, right? Like, he, he shows the juice. And then at this point, that's what I expect to see out of him. I don't expect him to contribute on offense because I just don't think – it's just not there for him. But And so maybe this is a waste – that's not what I'm talking about. What I expect from him, get the ball in his hand, see if he can do something. There was some juice on those kick returns. Yeah. I, I was pretty impressed. And again – the, the the level of talent f- flows all the way down to special teams. These are guys that are practice squatters. They wouldn't be able to make a lot of other teams. The, you know, these are these are guys that are fighting for their NFL future as well. Um, and they, they get some good returns. They get some good blocks on there. And, and Velas was able to take advantage. And he's looked pretty good on those. So uh, I want to give him a little shout here and, and say good job, Velas Jones. 28 yards uh, return, which is uh, pretty good at, in the NFL. That's, uh, he had, of course, the huge 44-yard catch. Uh, nice play by the Bears. Uh, I had him written down in my notes as well, but I'm going to go a little different, uh, a little cheeky, I oh. guess. Is, is there. I'm, I'm going to go Nathan Peterman. Uh, you know, During his career, he has thrown an interception on 9% of his passing attempts. So seeing him throw a pick in this game just felt normal. It's just the, it's what we expect out of, out of Nathan Peterman, almost comforting that all is right with the universe. Nathan Peterman's in an NFL game throwing interceptions. Uh, so I'm going Peterman, but just to be serious though, I think backup quarterback, something the bears have to address next season. Yeah. Um, Trevor Simeon was a guy they brought in. Uh, they chose him over Foles. It's hard to have an athletic comp to Justin Fields because Justin Fields is ridiculous. But I think you have to build if, – if the offense is built around a quarterback that can run, your backup should also be a quarterback that can run. Peterman's not that guy. Simeon's not that guy. Uh, Tim Boyd, is that who they got now? Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle, he's not that guy. You know, I think next year you have to bring in a guy that is closer to kind of what Justin Fields wants to do. You're never going to find a guy with full force speed at that spot that's that big and strong and fast that can throw like that. But something so you don't got to change the whole offense. When, when you have your back in the game. I, I, I love it. I love it. We got a Nathan Peterman. In here, so it's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, that's, that's the show again. It's a, it's tough. It's tough. You know, this year we knew that uh, just trying to get through these games and we're, we're close to the end. We got a couple division games, you know, the bears can play spoiler. I, again, there's a, your mind wants them to, just drop the game so that they can maximize the draft capital and all that. I get that. Your heart's going to tell you to cheer for these team for, for this team when you watch them, particularly when they're going against the Lions, particularly when they're going against the Vikings here. You know, it's just it's hard to it's hard to change that part of yourself. So we'll be here covering those last two games. Uh, see if we can get any value out of them. You never know. You never know what you'll see. You know, you get a play like the one from Kyler Gordon or things like that. Those are nice things to take into the offseason, put in your back pocket um, and file that away. So there's going to be some fun stuff. Stick with us. As always, put your Portillo's player of the weekend. Uh, You know, we got we got a couple more gift cards to give out. So let's make sure we get those out to people that will enjoy them. And yeah, anything else going on? Sounds about it. We got a little extra week, an extra long week this week with the Bears playing early, but it's still a holiday week. These are the this is a weird time of year because it's like between Christmas and New Year, like everyone's off of work at the real job. You know, we're off today. We're off, obviously off. You know, the, the day after on, on the second. Uh, a lot of the, my, my teammates at, at the real job are off, so it's just a weird. What day is today? It's like one of those weird situations. So the site will be popping. We'll have stuff there. The podcast channel will be going. Um, so. 
there's always something going on. Plus, I have a uh, Braxton Jones video breakdown in the works this week. I had some extra time. Only two sacks to break down. So I talked to my guy, Zach, who does our video stuff for us. He has some time this week, so we're going to put together a quick uh, Braxton Jones uh, video breakdown. Do you hear that, Bears? If you give up fewer sacks, Lester has more time yeah. to do special projects. <laughs> Let's make that a thing. Yes. Uh, all right, good stuff. Be sure to be watching for that. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, if you are still on that platform and haven't decided to go somewhere else, I don't know. There's some other stuff that are out there people are people are migrating to. We're still on Twitter. Uh, you are at Wilt Fong JR, and I am at uh, Gridironborn. You can find us. We, we we spend way too much time there, but that's where you can find us and ask questions and, and see all our stuff. You'll see it all on the website. See it all on Second City Gridiron YouTube or the Witty City Gridiron podcast, podcast channel. Uh, and until then, we will see you right back here on the 2nd of January of 2023 to talk about Bears-Lions. So we will uh, we'll see you then.